Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we're doing our mini episode number three, and this one is Baby Driver. Yeah. So here's our synopsis for the film. Talented getaway driver Baby, Ansel Elgort, relies on the beat of his personal soundtrack to be the best in the game. After meeting the woman, Lily James, of his dreams, he sees a chance to ditch his shady lifestyle and make a clean break. Coerced into working for a crime boss, Kevin Spacey... <laughs> Baby must face the music as a doomed ice threatens his life, love, and freedom. <laughs> this is great. Did you see this in theater? Yes. I did too. Uh, we also have it here on Blu-ray and digital copy, yep. which I actually turned in the digital copy. I'm very proud of myself. Yeah, I started doing that now, finally. <laughs> uh, but it's nice. You could watch it. Uh, so I have, I have a Chromecast, and you could watch it like on YouTube and stuff if you turn in the digital copy so yeah it's nice i will never go full digital but it's nice when i buy one to have the digital as well yeah it is so let's play the trailer for you here come back with the details so you're just starting your day or did you just get off they call i go you know so what is it you do? I'm a driver. Oh, like a chauffeur. Anyone I'd know? I hope not. What is your name? Baby. Your name's Baby. B-A-B-Y Baby. This one you say listen to the music all the time? Is he uh, mental? Mental meaning slow. Was he slow? No. He had an accident when he was a kid. Still has a hum in the drum. Plays music to drown it out. And that's what makes him the best. Whoa, 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 whoa. One more job and I'm done. One more job and we're straight. Now, I don't think I need to give you the speech about what happens when you say no, how I can break your legs and kill everyone you love. Because you already know that, don't you? Yeah. The moment you catch feelings is the moment you catch a bullet. And your uh, waitress girlfriend, she's cute. Let's keep it that way. I want us to head west and never stop. You in? I'm in, baby. Time to face the music. Baby, we need to get out of here. I have to end this. Are we in bed together now? Baby. Baby? Baby. Doc said Michael Myers. This is Mike Myers. It should be the Halloween mask. This is a Halloween mask. No, the killer dude from Halloween. Oh, you mean Jason. No! Baby, you tell me who does. She a good girl, you love her? Yes, I do. That's too bad. Baby. 
that is an action-packed trailer. I never actually saw it before I saw the movie. I just knew Edgar Wright was doing this, and that's all I cared about because I'm down. Yeah, I I didn't need to see the trailer to know I wanted to see this movie, but I did see the trailer a whole bunch just, you know, before the things I was regularly seeing in theaters, and props to the marketing team for not, like, spoiling the movie at all with the trailer. Yeah, I always watch these trailers after I watch the films, and I agree with you. It gave you enough to really tease you and bring you in, but never spoiled anything. Yeah, so, I mean... That's that's all we need. And like like you were saying, we were both enticed by the fact that this was an Edgar Wright film. So he's he's directed the Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End trilogy, and uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Uh, also wrote the film. He wrote the Ant-Man screenplay and the uh, Tintin screenplay for Spielberg. And he was a producer on Attack the Block as well. Was involved in that one. So yeah, he's done he's a lot. just got his hands in a lot of really interesting properties. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get down to the details. Uh, you kind of started it there. Directed by Edgar Wright, known for his Three Flavors Cornetto film trilogy. Have you heard it called that before? Yeah. Yeah. It's all about a silly joke. Cornetto ice cream, the three flavored ones, curing hangovers, and they, they did it in Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Uh, so that's where it got that whole thing. I, I know a lot of people, I've said it, and they have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that's his, That's the trilogy. Yeah. Have you seen The World's End? Yeah. Did you think it was the weakest of the three? Of the three? No. I actually think Hot Fuzz okay. is, but I, I. that's like saying, though, like, that, like, I, I don't have a good comparison, but they're all, like, amazing movies. So it's like, yeah, Hot Fuzz might be my least favorite of the three, but they're all, like, fives out of fives for me. Like, they're all great. They're all perfect. Yeah, and he's definitely known for his fast-paced edits and doing it some of it by music he started the whole music edit with Shaun of the dead during the queen song yeah yeah so it's and that's one of the most memorable scenes in that film in my opinion so i can oh, definitely yeah. see why like uh, attached to his new writing style later on yeah he also wrote it he said he did <clears throat> ant-man he wrote scott pilgrim i think he directed scott pilgrim versus yep. the world as well yep so he's done a lot he's been great uh we'll go down to the stars here we had a cell Ansel. Ansel Elgort. Yeah. Is that how you say his name? I think so. Now, he's known for the... Divergent? Divergent trilogy. trilogy. As well as Fault in Our Stars. Yes. None of which I have seen any of. I haven't seen any of them either. (laughs) So this kid was completely new to me. (laughs) Yeah, I I think I had only seen him in his, like, cameo in uh, Paper Towns because it's the same writer as Fault in Our Stars, so he was in that. And I remember in the theater when I was seeing Paper Towns, all the girls screamed in the theater for his cameo. So he must be popular with the youngins these days. Yes, uh, not with us. <laughs> I mean, but I loved him in this film. Oh, yeah. I, I thought going in, I was like, this little pretty boy is going to annoy the shit out of me, but he's great in the movie. Uh, a lot of the screenshots and everything I saw about it, I thought the same thing. Yeah, I thought he was going to be kind of just like a snotty... It's not a uh, hot kid actor. and No, he was actually pretty good in this movie. Here at Analog Jones, we judge everything from the book. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Book we by judge. its cover, always. We wouldn't <laughs> have a podcast if we weren't judging books by their cover or tapes uh, by their cover. So we go down the line here. We have John Hamm as Griff, which you should know him from Mad Men, and I also personally know him from The Town. Great movie. Which was done seven years ago. I could not believe it when I wrote yeah. it down in 2010. Yeah. It's been that long. But he basically, in my opinion, can star in anything. 
Oh, he's great. Yeah. Yeah, Ham's great. I mean, you, his, my favorite John Ham is usually when he shows up in, like, Saturday Night Live or yeah. in comedies because he's he's almost got, like, that Alec Baldwin, like, ballbuster style of comedy, and he's, he's just great. He's yeah. great to watch. Uh, who number three here, Kevin Spacey as Doc. Who you uh, may know from the news lately. <laughs> House of Cards, Usual Suspects, and American Beauty, and Touching... Younger aged boys. Yes, touching little boys. So, uh, Kevin uh, Spacey, you're done. This is his last movie. So it's gotta be. Yeah, like unless the, he's got something else in the can we don't know about. Yeah, this is it for you, dude. Enjoy, uh, enjoy it while it lasted. I guess. Oh man. Don't diddle kids. It's yeah. just as simple as that. Don't do it. <laughs> Elsa Gonzalez as Darling, and I don't know her from anything else. I looked her up. She's a Mexican actress. She's 27 years old, and she's been in a lot. Yeah, she well, she's in the From Dust Till Dawn show, the uh, TV show, which I've never watched, but I guess people like it. I forgot that that was a thing. Yeah, she I is do in remember that. seeing that. Uh, okay, all right. Well, she's good in this. Oh, she's great. Yeah, in this. Uh, she's got a very uh, badass, pretty, down to earth, but over the top. Like she's everywhere on this, and she just plays it really well. Yeah, she's great. I, I, all those probably years of acting in, you know, whatever she was working on in Mexico has groomed her for Hollywood very nicely. Mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx is Bats. You should know him. I mean, he's done so much. Django Unchained. I only wrote Django Unchained and Ray. Yeah, I mean, Jamie Foxx, you just know as Jamie Foxx at this it's point. Just Superstar Jamie Foxx. Actor, singer, yeah. which, yes, he actually is a singer. If you haven't heard it, go to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> You'd oh, be yeah. the judge. He's got a good voice, but I don't know about his songs. Uh, we got Lily James as uh, Deborah. She's from Cinderella and um, Downton Abbey, or as I like to call it, Downtown. Yeah. I've never actually seen that show. I've never seen it either. But I've seen Cinderella, and that was actually like pretty decent. For like a, one of the live-action Disney movies, usually those are garbage, but uh, Cinderella is decent. Well, Lily James is starting to blow up, I know. She's in quite a bit of credits coming up. Yeah. Well, she was she was in uh, Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, which is another yes. pleasant yeah. surprise. I thought that movie was going to be terrible, and it was a lot of fun, and she's great in that. She's like, she gets it. She knew that she was making sort of a off-kilter comedy with that film. Yeah, I don't think they used her so much, very well in this film. She was kind of a smaller starring role. Yeah. But she did her job. She was that innocent little... Innocent, but she wanted adventure. Yeah. Yeah, they tried to give her a little more than just making her be like the damsel in distress. Uh, and then it was featuring John Brethel from, as Griff, Walking Dead, Punisher. You seen Punisher yet? No. Me neither. Okay, skip. <laughs> uh, this had a budget of $34 million. It grossed $101 million in North America and 175 internationally. So it did damn well. It's a sequel. Yep, maybe. <laughs> Uh, uh, TriStar Pictures distributed this, and MRC was the production company. MRC, they actually did House of Cards also, I believe. They did Ted, right? I think they did the Ted movies. Yeah, they're kind of all over. Yeah. They don't really have a genre they stick to. Yeah, that's good. That's interesting. Yeah. Ratings on this film are really good. Rotten Tomatoes, 93%. IMDb, 7.8. And I'm pretty sure Metacritic is way up there, too. Yeah, I mean, this was a generally really beloved film. Uh, I have several film nerd friends that are considering it as their favorite movie of the year so far. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, across the board, praise. Uh, I I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Yes, I, I loved it. This may be second favorite, up right up there with Shaun of the Dead, of my favorite Edgar Wright films. This was so impressive how well this was done to music. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I, I'm going to say that it's actually probably my least of the five that he's directed. But again, I would give all five of those movies fives out of fives. Like, I love them all. It's probably just my least favorite. Uh, this, is, this is definitely the most grown-up Edgar Wright movie. Like, it isn't as frenetic. It isn't as off-the-wall as his other stuff. And I think I'm more drawn to that. However, this is still a great movie. I'm not... I'm not even nitpicking it or anything. It's it's just maybe my least favorite of the five. But again, that I love them all. So send all your hate mail to yeah, right? uh, Analog Jones TOF subject Matt. Yes. <laughs> I mean, again, it's like I like them all. Uh, I would probably go Sean World's End. No, Sean Scott Pilgrim World's End. Hot fuzz this. Yeah, you have World's End a lot higher than I would. Uh, I, I just is a fun movie, man. It's just a really good time. I, I understand what it is. I, I I dig it, but I would definitely have it towards the bottom. I think most people would. Yeah. I think it's kind of... It, it was the third one after, you know, hugely popular Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. They were never going to live up to the hype, but I, I, you know, I enjoyed it. It's just one I can't rewatch over and over. Uh, I can rewatch Shaun of the Dead anytime. I can probably rewatch Baby Driver again tonight if I wanted to. <laughs> Uh, a lot of that's kind of how I judge a lot of these, and this is definitely going to be on my top ten. Uh, I it would be very hard to get this kicked out of the 2017 top ten. That hopefully we'll be able to do an episode of it, a mini episode of our top ten. Whether oh, you yeah. do horror or not, or I can do all uh, somewhere in January. But I doubt this is going to get kicked off the top ten. Yes, it's it's. So I, I'm keeping track of everything I've seen so far this year, so I will definitely mm-hmm. have a top 10 for you. Um, if it's not in my top 10, it's in my top 20, but I've seen 200 movies so far this year, so... Yeah, I definitely... It's, it's definitely in the upper 10%. <laughs> Are you going to do a top 10 uh, horror films for Horror Society? Uh, I'd probably do top 5. Top I think five. I have 5. Um, I'll probably do a top 5 horror, and then I'll probably do a top 10 all. So if we want to do a top 10 episode, we definitely should. Oh, we will. Okay, beautiful. <laughs> so if you're walking down the, I don't know, Target. <laughs> yeah, walking down the Amazon aisles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is this a film you pick up? Absolutely. So Absolutely. This is, this is an owner. Do it. Um, yeah. It's. I'm glad it got love. I'm glad people saw it. And I'm glad it's still doing well. Can't believe you did an action film this damn good. I can. It's at correct. Well, yeah, he does. <laughs> I mean, he did it with Hot Fuzz, but... He took the comedy out of it, and it was still, it still really worked. good quality. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll come back with what's news, next. News yeah. and what's coming. Yeah. nerd news oh no justice league i did not see this so i'm gonna read my (laughs) little part and then i'm gonna let matt give his opinion of it i read this in screen rant and this is amazing 
It's most certainly a symbol of how no movie is too big to fail. It seems like a curious sign of the times in Hollywood that a film making 93.8 million on its opening weekend can be considered a failure. And that was done by Kayleen Donaldson of Screen Rant. And all I wrote on our notes is, ouch. Yeah, um, I was reading somewhere today, actually, because I was reading about the box office uh, this weekend, and it's already not number one. It's already been knocked down to number two this weekend. Uh, Coco oh, came out at number one this weekend. That was fast. Um, but uh, I guess the budget assumed with all the reshoots and everything would be closer to $400 million. Yeah, $300 million is the reported, but with all the reshoots and marketing and shit like that, it might be a $400 million budget. Now, internationally, it's already made it back. With the international sale, I think it was 474 it's made so far. Um, but, uh, so they've made it back. They've made their, they haven't really made any money on it, but they've made the money back. Uh, so, yeah. It's, it's, that's insane that that movie cost $400 million. <laughs> so I heard that they wanted to make a billion... You done, Parf? I heard they wanted to make a billion dollars worldwide, and they don't think they're going to do it. But after you're saying how much they made internationally on the first two weekends, does it have enough momentum? I don't think so. Uh, I think it'll cross five for sure, 500. And it'll, it'll probably get close to a bit, but it won't hit a billion. It won't. At this, it's it's out in all the territories yeah. now. It's it won't. It, it will be more than four hundred million dollars because that doesn't even have the marketing budget in it. I heard from right. the three hundred million. Right. Budget. So it's estimated to be about. I've heard because they pushed it so hard in international marketing as well. I mean, in the U.S., you couldn't escape it. Yeah. I don't even have TV, and I couldn't escape it. Mm-hmm. So I don't have cable. Um, it was all over YouTube and just like, oh my gosh, just can we stop this? I bet with marketing and how much that's going to cost to distribute and how many actual digital copies they gave out, that's probably half a billion dollars. Yeah. I would say yeah, it's, it's kind of easy. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to make that. I don't think it's going to make any money. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to break even and I think the studio will be fine, but it's not going to be... It's not gonna make that billion. And, and again, like, like this screen rant quote, like, the fact that if it doesn't make a billion dollars, it's a failure is just insane to me. Like, yes, insane. Well, I heard they said it was a billion dollars. That's their mark because that's what they need to like. Right to consider it to make money. On yeah, it. like what to make good money on it. What? That's yeah. That's absolutely bananas. Way too expensive a movie. I've seen it. It's. Now, this is the opposite of the Edgar Wright thing. It's not as bad as Suicide Squad and Batman Superman, but again, that's like anything is better than those movies. So it's not as bad as that. Um, It's still very sloppy. Um, There's still not much there. It has an extraordinarily forgettable villain and sort of plot. Steppenwolf? Yeah. Is that? Yeah. It's it's very forgettable. Um, But I will say the thing that works about the movie is they definitely got the casting right for everyone. Um, And they work well together. I heard that the audience loved The Flash. Yeah, The Flash is... I mean, I love them all. 
I think The Flash was great. Cyborg was great. Ray Fisher was a great find. Aquaman's great, but he has the least to do in the movie. He's probably the one that probably suffered the most from the reshoots. He's barely in the film. But he's great. I think yeah. Jason Momoa is going to make a fun Aquaman. Uh, yeah, The Flash was fun. Affleck is really coming to his own as Batman, uh, and he was Will a lot of fun last? to watch. No, I think, this is, I think this is probably it, I'm yeah. guessing. That was... He's fun to watch. I think. I think. I hate Superman as a character in movies now. I don't think it works anymore. You have a guy that can do everything, mm-hmm. and he's a, such a symbol of hope. And the world is so hopeless today that I just don't think Superman as a character works in film anymore. I don't. So I don't. Any story with him, I don't care about. I don't consider him a superhero. I call him a god. Yeah, he's an alien that can do it all. Yeah. So I've never liked him. I've always been a anti-Superman guy. He can do everything, and I always thought this rock, which has limited resources, can stop him, was just terrible. Yeah, I don't like Superman at all. Luckily, there's not much of him in this movie. There is a couple scenes that are strictly Superman scenes that I wanted to doze off during, but they aren't torturously long like the scenes in Batman Superman. I just want a fucking Affleck Batman movie, because he's great, but I would love to see him just get to do that because every time he's on screen, I'm, I'm drawn in, I'm pulled in, and it's too short every time. It comes up short. And then it, we would be remiss to go without mentioning how perfect the casting of Gal Gadot yeah. as Wonder Woman. I mean, she is Wonder Woman. It's uh, the only movie I'm looking forward to in this entire universe. Uh, other than I would like to see a Ben Affleck Batman, I don't believe it's ever going to happen. No. So, her Wonder Woman 2, I don't care about Aquaman. Uh, I get it. You're trying to make him this big, tough... I, it looks like he was an alcoholic from yeah. the tra- I don't he's, understand He's a heavy that. metal Aquaman. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I don't care about that. I didn't care about the original Aquaman. I don't care about this Aquaman. I probably won't see the movie unless a friend drags me. Cyborg seems interesting, but again, he just looks like a CG blah with all that crap. I, I just don't care. Um, this movie definitely suffers from really bad CG uh, stuff. Um, the entire like last half hour is just green screen nonsense. Oh, the villain is entirely CG as well. I he heard is, it was it's not, just it's a bad. terrible villain. But but Cyborg looks really good actually. The CG for him and the trailer looks pretty awful. If you go back and watch the trailer, yeah, for that's Justice League, what I got to judge it. Yeah, from. it's it's awful. But in the movie, they actually they took time to fix it and make it look good. So Cyborg looks good, but the villain looks terrible. And pretty much any like landscape that is CGI just looks like uh, actors looking silly on a green screen. It doesn't even, yeah. So I got I got to ask you the question about the lip. Did it bother you? Oh, I noticed it. It it's like it's like those orange videos on YouTube where like the the mouth yeah. is talking over the orange or whatever. It kind of looks like that. It's oh. bad. It's bad. Ooh. And it's it's probably only in like three scenes. It's not overwhelming. It, it's the, the reshoot scenes. Are uh, you sure this is better than B versus? S? Oh yeah, okay. it's watchable. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have. Jesse Eisenberg doing whatever the fuck That's he was true. doing in Batman Superman. That's Super true. Man. That was. Uh, so yeah, I don't recommend it, but it's not that bad. So don't see it in theaters. Should I watch it on HBO or whatever Netflix? If yeah, it comes when you're out on there? waiting for a pizza to come or something, throw it on because there's moments of fun and Batman's great and the characters are all well cast. Uh, Wonder Woman's fun. Uh, 
yeah, throw it on. Uh, the best part, and I'll, this will be the last thing I'll say about Justice League, uh, the best part about it is Danny Elfman did the score for the film, and the score is pretty great from top to bottom. I mean, he did the Batman score, so he yeah. knows Superman, or knows Superman, knows superhero scores, but he brings back the Batman Tim Burton theme in all the Batman scenes. Oh, and, really? Yeah, and that's really, really fun. Oh, man, I did not know that. That's probably my favorite part, and that's just a little nerd thing. Okay, let's move on to another superhero. This one's from the 90s, and a personal favorite of Matt. Yes. A Spawn is getting a reboot. 20 years after the original, and McFarlane is part of it, and he's teaming with Blumhouse. Yeah, I'm super excited about this. So, like, I'm not a comic book fan, except in the 90s, I read the Spawn books. I have, like, the first seven when they came out. Like, I was super into Spawn. I loved the HBO show, and I even have a soft spot for the movie adaptation, which I I realize is not... I know it's not a good movie. I know it. No, nobody's going to try to convince you that it's not a bad movie. It, it is, is. But I love it. it I love is. it. It's a great time. Um, I love that you love that trash. I love it. Like, I don't... It's so and it's not like some time. ironic, like, hipster <laughs> fucking, oh, it's a bad movie, but I love it because it's bad. No, I love that movie. I genuinely love that movie. But I know... I know what people think of it, and I'm fine with that. Whatever. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. I, I love that movie. So, extraordinarily excited that we're going to get a new Spawn. And McFarlane is writing and directing, which I'm very excited to see him because he really wanted to direct the uh, 120 years ago. So I want to see what he does with it. I always liked his books. I always liked the Spawn comic books, so I will be excited. And I think with Blumhouse behind it, they know what they're doing marketing-wise and budget-wise and things like that so i think it's gonna be right where it needs to be yeah speaking of blumhouse which is apparently doing everything i told you the other day i finally saw get out Mm. really liked it i'm not gonna talk about it i would just suggest if you haven't go out and watch it it's on hbo right now hbo go hbo now whatever you have really good really clever script really real <laughs> really timely the first horror movie probably for the trump age but it is it is definitely the masterpiece that everybody is saying it is no argument there yes i went into it skeptical i'm like okay let's see how good this is and it shocked me how much it held up to the masses positivity you know mm-hmm. it was just so so well received and i agree Whew, yeah. damn good Yep, great movie. See it. Don't miss it. If you're a horror fan, it's it's what you've been asking for for the past 10 years. <laughs> Peel, right? Um, yeah, Jordan Peel. Very excited to see what he's going to do next. Matt, did you hear about uh, the new Halloween movie getting delayed? Yeah, um, I hope they delay their release date. Not because, you know, I don't want to see this thing. I'm obviously super pumped about this. I love all all of david gordon green's work that i've seen and danny mcbride i think is super talented uh vice principals and eastbound down were brilliant so i'm very excited about this film but i hope the release date does get pushed back because i don't want to see them rush this what was some of the other work he's done the director he does a lot of the stuff with mcbride but he's also done like pineapple express which you know mcbride's only a uh small part in or whatever Mm -hmm. indie stuff too like george washington and undertow so he he does movies that are like 
dramas in the vein of like Terrence Malick, and then he does comedies like Your Highness, yeah. which are oh, just on the opposite end. Yeah, oh, so okay. but I re- I like all of his stuff that I've seen. Like even even Your Highness, he did. He did The Sitter as well with Jonah Hill, which I know people didn't really like, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I can't rewatch The Highness. Uh, I, that's one I, I won't be nice to. <laughs> I, I thought so much of that just fell flat, and I judge it, or like, can I watch this movie over and over? And I can't. See, I don't, I'm not big on like the like Jim Henson movies like Dark Crystal or uh, Never Ending Story. I thought it was like a fun, like kind of spoof of those type movies that uh, that get a little bit too much love, in my opinion. <laughs> Let's move on to your movie nights. Yeah, so if you're in the Chicago area, this this uh, episode's gonna run December first, right? Yes. So a week later, so December eighth, which happens to be my birthday, so please send presents my way. Uh, Confetti. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, December eighth at Bucket of Blood, which is our favorite store that has records, books, and VHS tapes. Bucket of Blood is gonna be hosting with me a screening of one of my favorite movies of all time, Reanimator. Arrow Films was kind enough to let us do this. And we're going to be screening the Arrow 4K restoration of it. That's awesome that you get to do a free screening of it there. Yeah, I'm so excited. This is like the biggest one we've done there. And I'm thrilled that we got to do it. Arrow's being kind enough to just be like, yeah, here you go. And, you know, we'll be selling there too. So if you're listening and you're a collector, we'll have the out-of-print limited edition Blu-rays of Reanimator that, like, came and went in a flash and they got released. They were found. Like they found them, Arrow found, found them, and it's just like these are the, this is it too. So if you're in the Chicago area and you missed it and you didn't get one, this is gonna be it. So you have to come down to Bucket of Blood and pick one up because that's all there's gonna be. <laughs> Bring yourself a beanbag or a little chair, get comfortable, buy some stuff, and enjoy the film. And if it, if it, if that's not good enough for you, there will be a second film, and I can't say yet. Like I wish I could, I probably will be able to tomorrow, but <laughs> I can't say yet what it is. And even though this is gonna air later, I still don't know for sure. So I don't want to say it and then have it be taken away. But the second film that we're gonna show is just gonna be bananas too. So you got to come out. For Double that. feature. Yes, totally free. All you gotta do is show up, get there early, seven o'clock, bucket of blood, December eighth. Bam. And then the next one we have for Horror Society, we have Trash Movie Night, which is at our trash home of Fat Cat in Uptown in Chicago. we got Queen of the Damned in Detroit Rock City for a heavy metal double feature. And that's December 13th, you said? December 13th, 8 p.m., Fat Cat. $5 uh, every beer on draft. Okay, so $5 right. beer on draft. And Queen of the Damned is a lot of fun, but Detroit Rock City is one of my favorite movies of all time, too. So I'm very excited to do I haven't that. seen that in a long time. Oh, love it. I, two two of my favorite genres. So you get like doofy dude boner fart comedy mixed with coming of age movie. This is all it's all you need. And Kiss, one of the greatest bands in the entire world. Oh, and uh, be sure to if you come, we'll have vendors there. And our vendor that's there all the time is uh, Alan, and he'll have a bunch of comic books, T-shirts, collectibles, things like that. So come out ready to buy some stuff too and i'll i'll have some stuff as well we always take donations to keep these things going and keep them free so bring some cash come donate i gotta pay for all the stuff myself so (laughs) every (laughs) donation helps we've got a giveaway for christmas now this will be launching uh december 1st so what we decided to do is we're gonna give something to you guys and gals for listening to us 
All you have to do is rate and review us, and it better be positive. <laughs> and we're going to put a post on Facebook. You just put a screenshot of it with your review, and then we're going to put you into a hat. And then we're going to draw the winner. And the winner will get, are you ready, drum roll. We're giving away a Steelbox special edition of Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, so you have until December 22nd's episode when we announce it. So, you know, mm-hmm. give it a couple days before that to rate us on iTunes, take a screenshot of it, post it on Facebook, post it on our group page if you're on that, and we will take everybody's name down who wrote a review, and the winner gets the DVD that's just that simple. And it is packed with special features. This, I'm jealous. I don't I don't have this, and I would love to have it. <laughs> but you're going to have it first. Yes. Like, you, the listener, will have it first. It's time to announce our next episode, and it is going to be The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Baron Von Munchausen. From no, 19- no, Bar- Baron Munchausen. I oh. made that mistake, too. I was calling it Von Munchausen, too, but it is not. All right, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen from 1988, directed by Terry Gilliam. Yes. A lot to say on yes. that one. So okay. it's going to be a, a information-packed episode. So I've seen this. Matt has not, and we're just going to leave it at that. Yeah, but, it, you know, I think I think the interest in some of the stuff we're covering lies in the 80s stuff, and this is definitely one of those really interesting footnotes of 80s cinema. So, mm-hmm. interesting to talk about it. All right, thanks for listening, and you can catch us on Podbean or iTunes. Rate and review us on iTunes, or you can join our Facebook page. Give us some questions or comments. We love to answer them. Yeah, all you gotta do is search up uh, Analog Jones and the Temple of Film and you will find us. Later! See ya!